Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 25 of Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verses 12 through verse 14. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Well, we've been looking at these verses for several studies now, and we've seen what the uh, spiritual definition uh, God has given to to these celestial bodies, to the sun, to the moon, and to the stars. We've seen uh, what they represent. The sun represents eternal God, the moon represents the law of God, and the stars represent the body of believers, God's elect people. Now, we've, we've allowed the Bible to define its own terms, to assign spiritual meaning, and now we want to go back and look closer at these statements concerning the sun, moon, and stars. For instance, in verse 12, the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And and then God speaks of the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth as a fig tree cast her untimely figs. And And we're going to try and, well, we will, Lord willing, look at each one of these statements. We'll try to understand it. And uh, I hope that you're praying for wisdom to understand these things just as I am because of ourselves we can't understand anything. It's only if it's God's good pleasure to grant us understanding that we can understand anything spiritual. And, and so we approach these verses and the whole Bible that way, um, beseeching the Lord for wisdom wisdom that must come down from above and and we we know that the sun is a type of god let's look at psalm 84 psalm 84 and verse 11 once again for jehovah god is a sun and shield god is a sun and it's one of the more obvious spiritual designations in the Bible. Of course, the sun, the great light that lightens the earth, the sun that gives life to mankind and to all creatures upon the earth would be a type and figure of God who uh, who is these things spiritually. God is the one that enlightens the minds of men through his word. God is the one that gives life, eternal life to those that he saves. So it's a very um, easy spiritual illustration for us to understand. It's a, it's a very good uh, picture that God has given concerning himself. And the sun is a representation of eternal God, of the Lord Jesus, as he shines the light of truth, of his word into this world. Now, 
let's let the Bible uh, guide us as far as what that means, that God is the Son, or typified by the Son. In Psalm 27, it says in verse 1, Jehovah is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Jehovah is my light and my salvation. Notice how the Lord is joining these two thoughts together, light and salvation. He does the same thing in Psalm 80. In Psalm 80, we're, we're going to read um, a word translated as shine in our English language, but it's, it's Strong's number uh, 216, and it's also translated as light, and actually a couple of times as sun. But uh, primarily, it's the word for light. In Psalm 80, verse 3, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine. Just like we think of the sun shining. That's the language we use. So what, what type of day is it? Oh, it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. And what does that mean? The sun is... Uh, illuminating the the land. It's illuminating the world with its brightness. And here, too, the um, desire uh, is that God would cause his face to shine or to lighten, and we shall be saved. Psalm 80, verse 3, makes that connection. If God were to shine down upon us, with the light of his word, we shall be saved. It's said again in verse 7, Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And in verse 18, So will not we go back from thee, quicken us. And, and the word quicken is an old English word that means make us alive. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. And and by the way, that's a good reference for some who say, well, you know, the Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, notice here the order of things in Psalm eighty eighteen is first, quicken us. That is, God must first give us life, and then we will be stirred up to call upon his name. But anyway, then in verse 19, turn us again, O Jehovah, God of hosts, cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. God is linking, joining together light with salvation. Light and salvation. In Isaiah chapter 9, when the Lord is moving Isaiah the prophet to write of the coming Messiah, he says in verse 2 of Isaiah 9, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. That is, of course, spiritually speaking, as this is looking ahead to the coming of Christ, when the Lord will enter into this world of darkness, and he is the light of men. He is that great spiritual light that the sun typifies. And, and, and the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
And that is uh, very true. Once Jesus was going about in the days of his ministry and and showing the wonderful power and, and miraculous workings of God in healing people as an illustration of how God heals sin-sick souls, they saw this great light that Isaiah was moved to write about and and the world is in darkness and the world is the shadow of death you'll find if you look up darkness in the bible that many times it is related to death darkness and death go hand in hand they're uh, i wouldn't say synonymous but they're very closely related now in uh, the New Testament, in Colossians, in chapter 1, we, we read in Colossians 1, verses 12 and 13, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You see, when we were in our sins, when we were children of wrath, even as others, we were in darkness, in Satan's kingdom, under his authority. We were entrapped and ensnared in the dungeon of sin and uh, in, in a real way, in, uh, submission to the devil himself. But God translated his elect people out of that kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is light from darkness to light. That's what, uh, the Lord said to the apostle Paul. In Acts 26, when he instructed him on what he was to do in suffering for his name, he said in Acts 26, verse 17, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now we, we have these relationships of words that God is establishing. There is uh, the, the uh, darkness of this world, which is the same as the kingdom of Satan. Satan rules over that kingdom and darkness identifies with death. Then there is the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we're translated from the darkness into that kingdom, we enter into the light. And that's what God is saying here, that the, the gospel, the, the word of God that was sent forth throughout the uh, church age and throughout the period of the latter reign to seek and to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel, it accomplished this purpose. It opened up the eyes of the blind. And if you're blind, that means when 
that you you can't see all you would see is darkness and and it turned them from darkness to light and and now uh we are children of the light just as the lord um made mention of in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 when he says in um verse well, let me read from verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. And that's a very important statement, because if you're in darkness, then... You you have your eyes shut, and you lack understanding. This is why God uh, says of the time of the end, the wise will understand, but none of the wicked will understand. Why not? Because they're in darkness. They're spiritually blind. They are spiritually ignorant. They They cannot understand the deep spiritual things of the word of God. As a matter of fact, they speak evil of them, because God tells us that that's what the wicked do. They speak evil of things they understand not. And and here God is saying, but that's not true of the child of God, because you've been taken from the darkness, translated to the kingdom of light. And and so in First Thessalonians 5, 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You're all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. There is quite a difference between someone who uh, dwells in the light and someone who dwells in the darkness. that This is the difference that the child of God experiences and, and feels so deeply as he goes along his, his sojourning in this world. It, it is the difference between the truth and the lie. It, it is the difference between what the world um wants to concentrate on and what the world deems important and what the true believer wants to focus on and and his desires uh to please God it is the difference between the dark night and the bright day and God's people dwell in the light of day they have eyes in their head therefore they can see and understand these things that that God is doing. They realize where they are in time. They realize and understand the judgment of God, that we're at the time of the end, that uh, that God has opened up his word and is revealing truths that have been sealed up uh, since they were recorded in the Bible. And now God is opening up these things to the understanding of his people who 
have eyes to see and ears to hear and and yet those that do not have eyes to see and ears to hear those that were never taken from the darkness well they they don't understand this at all they might be a professed christian they might attend church but still they're in darkness actually the the churches have been brought into the darkness uh, the churches once had light. They had the presence of Christ, who is the light of the world. But when this period of judgment began, and it began at the house of God, then God departed from the church, leaving them in spiritual darkness. And it's no wonder that they have no interest in in these things. They have no understanding of the things that God has brought forth from his word, they they can only um, quickly find a reference and 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 they think they understand it when they say no man knows a day or hour, but they haven't searched that out, as God would have us to search all things and compare those words and see how that phrase is used in other places, and and if they had done that they would realize that no man knows anything spiritually concerning the word of God. But, but anyway, you, you see why it is so important that since the sun typifies God, it typifies the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and the sun is that which provides light for the world. We can see readily why it is so important that we read of the a time when the sun is darkened. Let me read Revelation 6:12 again. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair. Now sackcloth is a type of garment that an individual would wear when in mourning and he he would put it over him. And in this case God is using this uh image to describe the sun itself, the sun which which shines with such brilliance, is as though it put on a, a heavy, thick garment of sackcloth, sackcloth of hair, and this prevents the light of the sun to shine. It is made black. As God says in Isaiah 50, verse 3, I clothe the heavens with blackness, and I make sackcloth their covering. It's a strong emphasis on blackness or on darkness. And and this is the emphasis that is found repeatedly throughout the Bible concerning the day of judgment. In Ecclesiastes, in chapter 12, we read in uh, the first two verses, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun, or the light, or the moon, or the stars, be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. And we have to read this very carefully, but God here is identifying the time when the sun and moon and stars are darkened as evil days and even years according to verse 1. And this is describing 
Judgment Day. We'll find that uh, there is uh, some difference in language from from verse to verse, maybe. For instance, Revelation 6.12 speaks of the sun wearing sackcloth and becoming black. And we don't find that particular reference in, in many places. But one thing is consistent throughout the Bible when God is referring to the day of judgment. And that is darkness. In Isaiah chapter 13, he says in verse 10, For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened and is going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Again, light is not shining. Remember that Psalm 80 um, that we read where where three times it was stated that uh, that God shine the light of his face or his countenance and we will be saved. And here, no, there is no light of any kind that is shining on the earth. In Isaiah 47, it says in verse 5, Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. And that would be another um, way of referring to Babylon. For thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. God has brought Babylon into darkness. In Ezekiel chapter 32, it says in verses 7 and 8, And when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over thee, and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord Jehovah. And in Joel, Joel chapter 2, it says in verses 1 and 2, and then I'll read a little further down, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of Jehovah cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like. Neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. And then in verse 10 of Joel 2, The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. In Joel 3, in verse 15, The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. In Amos chapter 5, it says in verse 18, Woe unto you that desire the day of Jehovah. To what end is it for you? The day of Jehovah is darkness and not light. And in verse 20 of Amos 5, Shall not the day of Jehovah be darkness and not light? Even very dark and no brightness in it. And, and what would that mean? What would that mean since God is the light that shines, and that shining has to do with salvation. And the moon is the word of God that reflects the light of God. And 
And what would it mean if the, the moon, the law of God, the word of God, the Bible went dark? If the, the Bible was no longer enlightening the reader? If it no longer, uh, had uh, the, the power because God had withheld that power to lighten the darkness of the sinner who, who lieth in darkness, his heart and mind are in darkness. And so when he comes to the Bible, the Bible is now a dark book to the spiritually dead sinner. It will not enlighten him. It will not cause the light of Christ to shine within his heart. And he will no longer be enlightened to see the truth of the word of God. The, these are uh, awful things. And yet it is what God is repeatedly telling us. If we follow the methodology he has given us and and we look at words and we look up their meaning and then we just carry that through the Bible. In Zephaniah 1 verse 15, that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness it is the day of judgment and and these verses they're numerous in the old testament they're also numerous in the new testament in matthew chapter 24 we'll find there is a a consistency from old testament to new throughout the bible in verse 29 immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened And the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. In Mark chapter 13, it it says something similar in verse 24. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. Except here... God indicates that this is happening over the course of days, in those days after that tribulation. And that's precisely where we find ourselves right now, because the great tribulation ended after a full, complete 23 years on May 21, 2011. We are living in those days after that tribulation We are living in a time of darkness, thick darkness. In Luke 21, in verse 25, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. God gives us this verse to help us understand it's not literal, no, it's it's not literal. You couldn't have days after the tribulation with a literally um, darkened sun or or the moon literally darkened or turned to blood or the stars falling to earth. Of course not. These things are figures, types and figures, teaching us that... What is it teaching us? Well, that there's no more light. and And since God identifies light with salvation. It is teaching us there is no more 
salvation for mankind. The 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 world lieth in darkness, and、uh, yes, it was in darkness, and then Christ came. the The word of God came into the world, but now this is the end of time, the end of the world, the period of sending forth God's word during the day of salvation. Has come to an end, and now we have entered the night—the night in which Christ says in John nine, "No man can work." We are in the period of thick darkness, like a darkness that came upon Egypt—a darkness that may be felt, and that darkness had everything to do with the wrath of God that was upon the Egyptians, and. And、uh, let, let's also read in Revelation chapter nine, in verse two, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And once again, this is in keeping with the the Bible's overall theme from beginning to end. The judgment day will be a day of darkness.